Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Welcome back to Let's Clear the Air, all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your host, Liz Edwards. Today, I am with Dr. Travis Kane. We are in our Smyrna location, and we are talking about epinephrine auto-injectors, or EpiPen, as a lot of people uh, commonly refer to it. Our uh, friend. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to treating, or I should say not treating, managing food allergies, um, there has been, uh, you know, a lot of talk about carrying them, administering them. Uh, let's just start from the beginning. There are different types of epinephrine auto-injectors. Yes. And it, it's patient preference and insurance as well, I would well, suspect. I think more insurance preference than patient preference at this yeah. point in time. But, yeah, the three devices. There is the AbiQ device, which is... Um, a little um, device that talks you through how to use it um, smaller um, smaller than a cell phone now mm -hmm. um, then you've got your traditional EpiPen uh, available generically and in a brand product um, that we've had for decades and then there is uh, something an adrenaclick device again available branded and generic and um, but you know, it's it's come to the point where uh, you have to, as a patient, decide if you're going to pay the extra for the device you prefer, mm -hmm. or use the insurance preference, and that and that's sort of a bad thing. Um, I think patients should have more to say about it, but but you know, it, it is a cost thing for a lot of people. Um, now, nothing like it was ten years ago when the devices were six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Right. You know, uh, now. The the um, ABQ device um, uh, are, are are manageable. Some people are paying uh, thirty five dollars. Some people are paying one hundred and fifty dollars for them. That's that's you know thirty five is not bad, but one hundred fifty takes a, a decision on 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 the part of the parent and the patient. Um, and then epinephrine, epipens, adrenoclicks, um, pretty much available everywhere. All really good devices. Everybody will have their preference, mm -hmm. you know. No matter no matter what we're talking about, everybody will have their preference. Um, you know, moms and kids really love the AbiQ device. I, I do for my son, and just because it was easier for him to carry in his pocket as he got older. Guys like yeah. the AbiQ device. I mean, yeah. look, it's easy to slip in the back pocket. It's right. not as bulky, and it talks you through it. So mm -hmm. if you're if you're a parent and you've got somebody going to a friend's house and their parents don't know anything about it, it'll talk them through it versus them trying to read the instructions while people are panicking, trying to figure out how to use the device. Right. Let's talk about the the timing and the efficacy of epinephrine. Um, what do you instruct patients to do when they suspect they're experiencing anaphylaxis? Well. I think there's a trend for people to say, I don't want to use it until it gets really bad. And that's unfortunately human nature, but it's also dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I try to tell patients, it's sort of like an avalanche. It's easier to stop that snow from coming down the hill if you stop it early. Mm -hmm. Once it builds momentum and speed, it is a train uh, running off the tracks. And, and you know people die every year uh, from anaphylaxis um, from various 
foods, animal stings or, or insect stings. And, and, and it, it's just terrible that we still deal with that every year on a regular basis. Sometimes it's because epinephrine wasn't available. Sometimes it is, unfortunately, because they didn't know how to use it mm-hmm. or delay in treatment. Um, but, you know, you still hear people going into the emergency rooms across the country for a suspected anaphylaxis, and they're getting prednisone and antihistamines, but no epinephrine. Mm-hmm. Even in the setting of I am a known patient with this allergy, they're still getting prednisone and antihistamines. The prednisone is going to help six hours from now, a delayed response. Right. It is, has no benefit in the acute care of that person. When you give epinephrine, they come in a two pack. You're supposed to give them five minutes apart. Right. If, but if the symptoms are not responding to the first one or if there's escalation in symptoms. I don't always recommend the second dose. I love for patients to carry two products, especially if they're out and about, Mm -hmm. but even at home, you know, you sometimes what if it's a 10 minute wait for the ambulance to get there uh, or they're 15, 20 minutes away from an ER, right? You know, that second device is, is, is critical for if that reaction continues or gets worse after the first device is used, you've got another device. And the rule is if you have to use one of these epinephrine auto injectors, you still should go on to absolutely the, the emergency hospital. room yeah. the closest er mm-hmm. it may not be your favorite it may not be the best right um and i you know i have people in some of our more rural settings they'll go to uh, an emt center or you know uh, the fire department right uh, those guys really do a bang out job on on treating that stuff they they have experience with that so they're our best friends with stuff like this you know a lot of times you need fluids and to be able to have somebody resuscitate you and that's scary stuff uh for a mom a dad or a patient dealing with that stuff mm-hmm. so um it, it's the closest place sometimes and if you go to the emt center fire department they can then take you to that emergency room with their training and their assistance on the way you mentioned to me a while back that you had a patient dealing with anaphylaxis here in the office and you actually gave three treatments while waiting for uh, EMS to arrive did you but they only come in a two-pack is it is it is it standard uh, practice that two should do it until you can get yes I mean I mean generally speaking one should do it yeah um, you know but but you know once in a while you'll have these significant reactions mm-hmm. and you know you do need that second dose and this person in question just had some some persistence of their blood pressure and just sort of flushing and just still not feeling the best. They would get benefit right away from the epinephrine uh, and, and then it would start to come back. And, you know, we were just waiting on EMTs to get there. And, um, you know, once they got there, they started an IV, um, put put a heart monitor on. That, that was fine, but the third dose was just more of a, well, what are we going to do in the five minute transit or ten minutes it takes to get us to the ER? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was it was I felt it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Was it a little overkill? Maybe, but but I felt better making sure that 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 ambulance ride wasn't uh, a, a nightmare. And 
And maybe that is also um, something we should talk about. If you don't need it, it's not going to hurt. A hundred percent. Right. I would rather you use it mm -hmm. and go to the ER and be told that you're silly and you didn't, you should, maybe shouldn't have used it, mm -hmm. than need it and not use it. And that's what I tell every patient and parent. Um, be be safe. Use it if you if you feel like you're having a a, a systemic reaction whether it is from a peanut or tree nut or whether it's from a sting from an insect or even a severe asthma event can benefit from epinephrine if you are an allergic patient and say somebody had a cat or you got around some grass mode or something and that caused you to have some flushing and asthma epinephrine will help you um and then it gives you time to get to the emergency room it gets you time to get to the to the the fire station um, um for, for for help let's talk about school-age children um most children who are using one of these auto injectors uh it's at the nurse's office sometimes they keep it in the classroom but I've also lately reading on our Facebook pages and our food allergy communities, moms obviously concerned when their kids are out on the playground playing and the epi is still back in the building. Would you suggest having a teacher or somebody bring it out to the playground in an instance like that? You know, that, that comes down to your state and local municipalities. We're, we're sort of at the behest of, of the school districts and every school has different rules unfortunately even mm -hmm. within tennessee uh, the forms are different at every school sort of the rules are different based on the principal and if there's a nurse available on that campus a lot of times a nurse rotates from campus to campus so mm -hmm. she or he may not be there at the time that an event occurs um you know but a lot of teachers now have training that that they go through and and so i think there's many people on a campus that are familiar with it but then it comes to the point where that you were making. What happens if you've got somebody who has that history? Should there be epinephrine? You know, I, I think it comes down to the to the specifics of that person. If you're talking about somebody who has shrimp allergy, um, I don't know many schools who are serving shrimp at lunch. Uh, right. You know, but but um, you know somebody who has say a, a wasp or or yellow jacket uh, history. Well, you know, they're at risk when they're outside on the playground. So mm -hmm. that makes more sense. Um, somebody who has the asthma allergy component where they get around an allergen and they have asthma and they have anaphylaxed in the past, that makes more sense. So I think it's case to case for that uh, uh, specific question. We have a lot of parents that are like adamant. I want my child's EpiPen nearer to them mm -hmm. during the school time. And, and that is a a fight that we have on a regular basis because they're so different between school to school yeah. on the rules. What age would you say is appropriate for a child to carry their own epinephrine? Well, my wife still thinks I'm a child. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's again, relative. It's I, relative. I, I, yeah. I think that you've got really mature five and six year olds. Mm -hmm. uh, and like me, you have really immature 15 year olds. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You know, so, so again, you have to look at that child and, and, and trust their opinion or, or their ability to make that decision. Obviously, if you've given a child that permission, you, I still tell them, I don't want you ever using this without an adult nearby, nearby yeah. and knowing what's going on. If you feel like you need to use this, I want an adult knowing. 
because uh, one, they're going to activate EMS, they're going to do all the other things and make sure you're put in a safe position. But, but you know, I have five-year-olds that I've demonstrated this and they did perfectly with it. Mm-hmm. But would I trust a five-year-old to make that rational decision? No. Especially I, I, when they're under distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about middle school, high school, definitely before I feel more comfortable with that. Where is epi given? Is it only given in the outer thigh? I mean, that's the classic place, but, um, you know, in the upper arm, uh, I've had people give it in the thigh. Anywhere where you can get it into the the appropriate uh, depth of the tissue. So you want it in the muscle. And that's why, you know, you always sort of tell people as a rule, it's it's outer thigh. Because generally speaking, the the leg muscles are bigger Mm -hmm. and, and it's sort of a natural swing with your arm. Uh, into that location but the the other thing I see all the time is people do it on the top of their leg not on the side and we we really discourage that because uh, you hit a nerve you hit a blood vessel with that epinephrine um, and it can cause some side effects that are not necessarily the best Mm -hmm. Uh, so you want to hit it in that muscle and the biggest muscle on the thigh is sort of the outer thigh and remember it goes through jeans pants you don't have to I tell kids all the time, you don't have to pull your pants down if you're in a restaurant or, or outside of the park. That's a good point. To yeah. use this, it'll it'll go through that clothing. Um, but again, it's proper training. It's leaving it on there. Uh, it's the uh, long enough, and it's the right um, uh, pressure to engage the device. So a regular refresher for parents and children and family members is always a good idea. Yes, and pharmacists. But I mean, and mm-hmm. providers. Uh, you know, physicians, nurse practitioners. Um, I I have seen a physician on vacation self inject themselves while trying to administer it to somebody who was in distress at a restaurant, and they injected their own thumb because they weren't holding the device right. And this was a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody needs a refresher, and thank goodness for YouTube and 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 yeah. all the access that we have to those things. Because each of the devices is a little bit unique, so you just need to be familiar with your device. One hundred percent. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kane, for being with us today. This is great information. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast, and remember. If you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.